This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. Yeah, IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com forward slash B. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for FlexBlocks. Win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Yeah, make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com slash BE. Except, no. We're not rolling. lost the file. Why does this always happen to us? (laughs) Welcome to Edutech Radio. radio Radio.edutechguys.com Hello and welcome to this episode of Edutech Guys Radio. Brought to you by Southwest... Arkansas Education Cooperative and Hope Public Schools, both in Hope, Arkansas. We want to thank CDWG for providing some of the equipment that we use on the show. Welcome aboard. I'm David Henderson. And I'm Jeff Madlock. And I'm Greg Moore. And this is the crew. This is the crew. We're here on another Wednesday. Yes, despite the rain. Good gosh. uh, It has been quite a crazy couple of days with a couple a couple more to go yes. uh, we're gonna have to build an arc mm-hmm. I think we can do that 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 is gonna be our our, our PBL that is our project-based <laughs> learning project is we are we're gonna build an arc gonna build an arc you okay yeah, I was just checking. <laughs> Jeff was <laughs> contemplating the microphone very closely, and we're like, "What are we on?" A lot of hot, hot mics in the room. Hot, hot mics. mics. Funny, we we have this issue with mics, and it's just like I don't think it, I, I think it's kind of like you know that's that's blaming the microphones for the environment. I think we're just sort of like it's in the, the room, room too. The room's yeah. hot. Room's hot. It's, it's a hot room. It's a hot room. It's a hot mess. <laughs> it's definitely a hot mess. No doubt about it. So today. We're going to be talking a couple of things. We'll be talking about South by Southwest EDU, and we'll be talking about <laughs> flexible learning in the podcast world. Um, but that's your fault. I know that's my fault. We're going to be talking about uh, <clears throat> uh, different um, different schools uh, are imp- starting to implement some flexible learning environments, and so we'll be talking about that and throwing in ways that podcasting might be part of that and um, we'll have a feature artist of the week yet to be determined <laughs> pull one out of the and we library. will also have our google app of the week google app of the week it's a, and then whatever else we come up with we are on periscope today so by all means hit periscope look up edutech guys you can hit us up on Twitter at Edutech Guys. Head over to uh, radio.edutechguys.com and pull up the chat, and you can chat with us. And uh, we'll be happy to answer questions, talk with you, do a little jig, whatever. <laughs> we're, we're good. Make a little love. <laughs> no, we are not doing that. <laughs> Get down tonight. <laughs> I'm sure I forgot something else. I don't know. www.edutechguys.com. Sorry, I'm just moving some windows. Jeff, Jeff, is, Jeff, Jeff is, is putting stuff in our way so we can't see, but that's okay. We're good. So you pretty much covered everything that was on the screen. We did. Right and then you recovered it with the window. Oh, sorry, my bad. That's, that's my, my job. job. It's a job. I was meme machine today. 
least I didn't say main chain. <laughs> no, but if you could, eh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> really, in the scheme of things, when it's all said and done, it, it doesn't matter. We just roll with the punches. <clears throat> roll it. So, yeah, we were talking about uh, South by Southwest is a big deal. It's the big... You know, for the longest time, it was just a big music review. We'll just call it that, conference music review, where all the big game players in the music industry got together, and they talked about uh, all the good stuff that had to do with uh, the music and the stuff like that. The music and the stuff. And then it got to, in the last four or five years, a lot of startups began to show up and, you know, push their wares there. Because nothing goes with entertainment like social media and, you know, apps and all the startups and stuff like that. And then some of the education people went, you know, well, let's go because they're doing these apps. And how can we incorporate these apps into education? And they got smart and went, hey, you know what? Before it all starts, let's do a whole week of education. I think it started off as three days or four days. It's, it's three days now. It's the 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th. So it's four days because then um, everything else. And now it's even got video. They do movies. They do the whole thing. So South by Southwest has turned into like a two-week or three-week event. Good heavens. But um, the really cool part is about, you know, like this year, Temple Grandin was, you know, one of the keynotes, and they've got Guy Kawasaki and all these people, you know, hosting forums and education. Man, that's talking about all that kind of stuff. Um, Yeah, we probably should have been there, but, you know. (laughs) We should have been there. You know what? Uh, We will make plans to be there next year. Yeah, this is what it says on the website. South by Southwest EDU is a component of the South by Southwest family of conferences and festivals that include South by Southwest Music, Film and Interactive, South by Southwest Eco, South by Southwest V2V, I don't know what that is, internationally recognized as the Convergence Gathering for the Creative Arts. South by Southwest EDU extends Southwest, South by Southwest, that's a mouthful, (laughs) support for the art of engagement beyond musicians, filmmakers, and new media innovators. To include society's true rock stars, educators. Educators. They cater to educators. Where is that G in there? Educators. Edu. 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 Parting is such sweet sorrow. <laughs> Not a bit edgy shame. This is getting worse. Today's just going downhill. Going downhill for me. No, I think it's pretty interesting stuff there. Um, they got a lot of program tracks. This year, they're doing um, the uh, cognitive process, data analytics, educational equality, gaming and education, uh, instructional strategies, strategies, strategies. <laughs> instructional <laughs> tragedies. We've all had one of those before. Yeah, that would probably be a very informative panel if they were to have education <laughs> tragedies. These are the things to avoid. Don't ever do these things. Once I pulled my laptop off the desk, <laughs> and, uh, the, and the Bunsen burner caught the curtains on fire. <laughs> Oh. Uh, learning spaces, special needs. That, this one this year, I understand special needs, has really taken a, a big jump at the, at the show. There's been a lot of cool panels on it. Yeah, entrepreneurialism. So, so that one three wow. times fast. That's a lot of syllables. Entrepreneurialism. I can't believe I said it right the first time. I can't say <laughs> single syllable, one three-letter words barely. Yeah, get that one out of my mouth. <laughs> um, implementation. I love that as being a topic. Implementation. Implementation. That makes no sense. <laughs> Leadership, assessment, continuing education. Yeah. So, um, pretty neat stuff. I think it will be fun to go to. Like I said, they've got summits. They've got uh, the big one that I think is really interesting is they do this. Um, they do this mentor program where you sign up on the front end and they put you with a mentor. And I think they uh, they had their mentors listed here at one time. And uh, yeah, they do. They still have them there. And it's. It's all kinds of people from all kinds of places. Like some of like this one's a, a, a chief operations officer for 117 Media. All of them have to do with something about education, but they're you know they're kind of big wigs in their field. Yeah, there's executive director from Mind Pop. That's pretty Mind cool. Pop. Mind Pop. <laughs> so, well, chief technology technology officer from Microsoft. Wow. Yeah, and you you get partnered with these mentors, and then they. You know, help you work out whatever you're working out. If it's a new idea for learning or you know, <laughs> something along that line, pretty neat stuff. A lot of people. Indeed, man. Let's oh, go. For a second there, it went by fast. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was um, Clint Eastwood there. <laughs> right for a second. And a Quaker. No, it's just a oh. <laughs> so 
yeah, it's a pretty neat deal. I think it will be interesting to go to. Maybe one day I'll I'll trip down to that and see what it's all about. Trip the life fantastic down to the south by south. Trip the life fantastic. That's good. Um, no, so south by southwest. If you get a chance, visit the website sxswedu.com. That's also a mouthful. That's also a mouthful. Sxswedu.com. Yep. Check it out. They've got lots of good stuff on there. Um, the keynote, like I said this year, was uh, Temple Grandin. If you don't know the Temple Grandin story, um, it was a great movie. Um, I don't remember the actual actress that played her. was the one that played in uh, the boxing movie, something Bye Bye Baby or whatever. Anyway, she's a great actress. But uh, Temple Grandin is autistic. And it's a story of how she overcame autism. And uh, she's Dr. Temple Grandin, in fact. If oh, wow. I remember correctly. Yeah, she overcame all that, and she's a mathematical whiz. So... <laughs> But she's taken that idea, and she actually helped uh, researchers understand the need for autistic people to have a secure, safe, uh, warm environment, you know, like a, like a securing environment. And in fact, since she grew up in Texas on a ranch, she used what was, uh, you've probably seen them, they used them to put cattle in to hold them still. While oh, they, yeah. She used a device like that to help her keep her body still, oh, wow. to help her learn to concentrate and focus. And that's a big problem with a lot of autistic children is they Constant, concentrate, yeah, yeah, the physical activity. And uh, she helped to pioneer that area to help them understand that, which is a, is a pretty big deal, pretty big deal. Lots of folks there. Yeah, Dan Rather's going to be there giving away the Rather Prize. I don't know if you'd rather win it. Or, you know. <laughs> oh, you beat me to it. I was going there. I had my mouth open. And just, I, I knew you were going for it. I was like, God, stop it. I, I saw that. I saw that. As soon as it was coming out, it was like, I'll take that. I was not fast I'll, enough. I'll take it. Yeah, I, I, um, I realized it. And the, the, the real big one is uh, Max Ventilla is going to be there. He's there. He did Silicon Valley and education equals real change. I don't know if you've heard of the alt school. Have you heard of the alt school in Silicon Valley? So. It, Silicon Valley's all school is pretty neat. Um, it's about $21,000 a year to send your child there. But it's in San Francisco, and you show up, and the first thing you notice is over here is this beautiful lit room with kids in it, and they're doing some different kind of learning, almost kind of like what we're going to talk about in a minute with flexible learning. But then you look over here, and there's a giant, beautiful, well-lit room with all these people in jeans and hoodies coding away on these machines. And that's the professors. That's the teachers for the school. Oh, wow. wow. And it's kind of like a, it's a really neat idea. You know, it's, it's flexible learning taken to that, you know, farthest level. But here are all these technology, you know, geeks, you know, teaching at the same time. Really interesting deal. Yeah, alt school. It's a pretty big deal. Pretty, pretty big deal. So the guys in the hoodies are in control. Of the <laughs> school. We've, we've all known that for a long time. <laughs> if you don't, if you don't do well, they'll delete you. Oh, control, alt control. Delete. Is this going to be a funny episode? Oh, <laughs> not very good ones. <laughs> There's no such thing as a good pun. There's, it, it's, it's, a, it's one of those things that as it gets worse, it gets better. <laughs> well, well, in that case, that one was awesome. <laughs> oh, what's great is I guess we could jump into uh, flexible learning. Flexible learning. If you guys want to. No, we want to sit here and just shoot the breeze. No, yes, let's go for it. Chirp, chirp. So David yes. brought it up today, and I thought it was a great topic. We've been talking about podcasting and how to use it in the classroom, and there's literally 5,000 different ways. Okay, maybe not 5,000, <laughs> but there's a lot of ways to use it. Yeah, man. But um, we were talking about what flexible learning is because your bosses were going to look at a school here in Arkansas that was looking at flexible learning. Yeah, Do you want to summarize it, kind of what it is? Well, um, let me back up just a hair before I get there. Um, we, we've got a district uh, that's in our service area who is very interested in uh, implementing a pilot program uh, around that whole, the whole concept of uh, a flexible learning environment. And essentially, uh, from there's a couple of things that I've attended, a couple of things I've looked at. Um, where we've talked to uh, other districts who have implemented uh, flexible learning environments. And essentially, the student, it really becomes the... The, the master. The, lax on, lax off. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the student becomes the master. Um, no, but, but the student really takes charge of their own education. Um, whereas in a traditional classroom environment or a traditional school day environment 
you know, students come at a particular time, they stay in X amount of classes for X amount of time, uh, they must perform whatever the assignment tasks projects there is a whatever path until maybe you know, until you reach high school and then you've got like you yes, know, a small handful yes exactly um i'm a gamer so it's very much you know that kind of run and gun it's very linear you're <laughs> right, going exactly. down this road it's a, it's pretty much on rails. you know yes it is on rails um and flexible learning environments kick them off the rails. Um, it, it's yeah. kind of like an open world environment. It's an RPG, um, it specializes as a paladin. Yes, yeah. there you go, exactly. And so they get to, so the students uh, working with educators, um, and generally speaking, they actually work primarily with an educator. So essentially, uh, let's say in a high school environment, a student comes in, let's say ninth grade, and that ninth grade student is assigned to, um, or really it's kind of the other way around, a mentor is assigned to that student. And that mentor is a licensed educator uh, who actually becomes that student's mentor, um, confidant, leader, uh, guidance throughout their, uh, the rest of their high school career. Mm. And so essentially uh, they develop uh, an outline uh, of where the student expects to go by the end of their uh, high school career. Uh, for some students, it's a career to put them on the path to going to college. For other students, it's a, it's a path that's going to get them welding certification before Trade they leave. Or, right, you know, right. before they leave the, the high school environment or, or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and so the classes then are geared in that direction. Now, just like, you know, we all face, you know, four years is a long time. A lot of things can happen in four years. You may change your mind and decide, hey, you like this rather than that. And so right. that's where that mentor comes in and, and helps them shape their educational goals. By the same token, um, the mentor is also there to help make sure that that student stays on track. Right, exactly. Um, so where the flexibility comes in, and this is, to me, this is, I, just, I think this is a very cool concept. I would love to see what it looks like actually in practice. Um, but rather than kind of the eight to three school day, um, schools with flexible learning environments generally have their doors open earlier. So maybe they start at seven in the morning and they go till seven at night. Now, that doesn't mean you have a teacher who's there from seven to seven, <laughs> right? They, they figure out what's, what the schedule needs to be in order to make sure things are covered. But... You know, you might have a student who would rather come in at 10 and stay till 7. Yes, you know, please. Or a student who would rather come in at 7 in the morning and leave by, you know, whatever, 1 or 2 or whatever time that needs to be. Right. Excuse me. Um, maybe they maybe they work another job, they do, you know, do whatever. Uh, and so there's flexibility in that, but then there's also flexibility in what they're accomplishing. So basically, as long as they're on the right track overall – they have flexibility within the school day, within the school week. So maybe this week I'm struggling with my Algebra 1, and so I'm going to spend a lot more time working on my Algebra 1 than I do my science or my composition or whatever right. other subject I might be working on, knowing that I've got to make sure that all of that eventually gets done within right. the semester or the year or whatever the the kind of outer parameter is, right. but I'm flexible within that time period to get that stuff done. Right. Um, and I, I just, it, I think it's very cool. It gives students a lot more control and freedom over their own education. Yeah, that's really, uh, you know, I was homeschooled, so you just described pretty much my entire education. So, oh, I mean, that good. was like, so, you know, we would basically start school. The job was to get the schoolwork done, X amount of schoolwork done in the dates. So whenever you want to start it, and how you know, however long you need to spend on each individual subject, you know, that's what you go for. If you want to spend three hours reading some history uh, that was assigned instead of you know this typical one because it's a really interesting period of history, okay, great. Now catch up on math the next day because you can't ignore that either. Right. Um, 
but yeah, it, it, it was flexible when start time was. We didn't have like a rigid schedule. Okay, you must wake up at six o'clock in the morning and eat breakfast and then go here and do this. It was yeah. very much, okay, wake up. Okay, I got these things I got to get done today. Do this, do this, do this. Oh, this is really interesting. I'm going to focus on this for a while. Uh, or uh, I've got to work through this new lesson in such and such and it's being really hard. I'm going to focus on this today and work through it. And like you said, it was it was very flexible for not only what you were doing in the day, but what you were doing on a year by year basis. Sure. Where it's like, okay, what are you focusing on? Um, a lot of our reading assignments were self-elected. Where it's like, okay, what are you interested in? Like early on, whenever we were in the earlier grades, it was you know, you needed to read books in order to practice reading. Right. But you know, the subject could be any number of things. I remember we would go to the local library and we would come out with all three of our library cards maxed out with just like, you know, tip fingers and chins worth of books. Yeah. Now, my arms were a lot shorter back then, so that's not saying as much as it would be today. But still, you know, we would, and we would go every week. We would go through that many books every single week because this was before the internet existed, you know, at least in any practical sense. So, you know, the library was like our primary resource. Sure. Like we would go and we would get books. And I remember reading books on everything from robots because you know what eight-year-old kid right. doesn't love robots you right. know to origami to you know all sorts of different subjects woodworking and just all sorts of interesting little facets of stuff that you could fill in and of course you, you've got the standard subjects which don't necessarily mold to any particular path you might be thinking you're going into sure. as a career like you know math is math and that sort of thing but yeah, the, uh, the the curriculum we went through was very much, uh, as, as aside from, I think, mathematics and, like, maybe, you know, like, grammar and spelling. I yeah. think those are the only two, the only two <laughs> subjects that didn't flex to meet, you know, what are you interested in as a student. Now, I would be interested to see how they're actually pulling this off in a environment where you have such a m more skewed uh, ratio of students to teachers because you know with as a homeschooler it was me and my sister start right. out with with one teacher so that was that's a pretty good ratio of yeah. instructor yeah. to students uh i don't i wonder well, what kind of ratio they manage well they they actually the we uh, let me take a breath okay <laughs> so a few weeks ago uh i was in little rock with uh, with my two bosses and, and a whole room full of people. Mm. And we were talking with uh, a group, or, or well, it wasn't a group, but a, a man representing uh, a district from, I believe, Utah, and another man representing a district from, I believe, Illinois. Oh, wow. I'm going to throw those out, and that's what we're going to go Utah with. Utah and Illinois. Feel free to correct me out there in cyberspace. If I need <laughs> you are to be. wrong, and you are yeah, on the internet. I, you know, yes, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but uh, they, they actually talked about that type of thing. And generally, uh, the student-to-teacher ratio for this flex environment is about 25 students. So really? about what a regular classroom wow. is. The difference is they're not teaching those 25 students all the time every day. right? Those students have the flexibility to work on whatever projects they need to be working on. Self-directed or, or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, a lot of self-direction. But it, there were times where on you know this tuesday we are all meeting together and we're going to talk about this right, right exactly or if of those 25 students um maybe uh eight are having a particular problem uh, in a particular subject that that mentor is you know um, certified in right right so let's just say it's i don't know biology okay so we have eight students who are having trouble with this particular aspect of their biology lessons they would come in for a small group and the teacher would be working with those students while the other students were still continuing on whatever they were wanting to do. Right. Um, so that was, and, and if I remember correctly, it wasn't just 25 students. It was like 25 students per air quotes grade level, uh -huh. um, which that was, that was one of the other things that they completely had. Well, not completely. For all intents and purposes, they had obliterated grade levels. Ah. Um, but for the purposes of testing, being able to explain mm. and being able to test and assess and all that, they still had to use the grade level nomenclature because if you're doing right, standardized exactly. tests and this is aimed at all ninth graders, 
you've got to know who you're right, exactly. you know, who, who's what, geared at that. What is a ninth grader? Right, exactly. Well, and, and that was and, and that really that's the ultimate question. Right. What is a ninth grader? Right. And so what they ninth grade was actually kind of easy because when they came from eighth grade, which was traditional, they were traditional. One of the districts was um, traditional K seven, ah. and then or no, I'm sorry, K eight. And then nine twelve was the open. Hey, you know, let's learn this way. Okay. Right. So they knew coming in, you were an eighth grader. You're now a ninth grader. Right. Exactly. Because you just got here. Because you just basically right. right exactly. exactly. Now, once you're here, then that you yes, know you suddenly in, becomes this kind soup. of wild thing. Right, you know, exactly. potentially. Uh, and right. I use that term very that was, lovingly and loosely. That's also very um, similar to what we had in homeschooling because yeah, you know, I remember sometimes we would go out to you know. We were in a, some sort of social situation where it wasn't a bunch of other homeschool families, uh, and someone would ask you, "What grade are you in?" And I would pause and I would go, "I'm not sure," because it's like, okay, you go to the next grade level, and okay, your teacher's the same, your classmates are the same, the right. school building is the same, the school room is the same. Yeah. You might use a different textbook, but you were probably never on the grade level. You were at least not for us anyway. If you were moving through a textbook faster than normal, well, you just moved on to the next grade level whenever right. you reached the end of it. So, exactly. Yeah. So I was like, oh, well, I'm in 12th grade for reading, and I'm in, like, 9th grade for math, and I can't remember which is the one I'm supposed to be. <laughs> right, yes. And, that, and both of the districts expressed very similar situations. And essentially what, what the way they work is the students, the courses are assigned credit hours, for right. lack of a better description. And the students advance by showing um, mastery and or enough proficiency right. of the material of the given uh, of that given credit mm. so yes you've passed that credit therefore you move up and it's very similar to what you're talking about you could have students who are you know 12th grade readers right. and ninth grade math right okay and so and so very flexible but even though you have all these pieces and parts that are not necessarily in sync, the student is on the track moving forward right. to whatever their ultimate oh, education sure. goal exactly. is. And by the same token, one of the things, one of the questions that came up um, from one of the other participants was, "Okay, so what about remediation? Mm. You know, so what if you have a student who comes in at quote unquote ninth grade and yet they're not even close? Right. And that was one of the things I said. Yeah, then that's that becomes part of their education plan. Right. And if their education plan is, let's just say that you have a student who comes in and, and they are determined that they, by the time they graduate high school, they want to be on a track to be pre-med. They want to be a doctor. Right. Okay. And they don't have certain skills that are even up to the ninth grade level yet when they walk in the door. All right. So you're going to have, we're going to, we're going to work with you to build up those skills. And once you can demonstrate those skills, then we can monitor and adjust your plan you know, you're really going to have to work hard right. because you've got, you know, we've got some things that we've got to make up here. Right, exactly. But if you're willing to put in and, and you've got the drive, by all means, go right, for it. Exactly. Uh, and so, and, and they said that, that that doesn't happen as often as they really had originally anticipated. Mm. Now, when they first started it, there was a lot of that just because they were still figuring out how oh, it yeah. all, all the pieces went together. Exactly. Um, but the longer they've been doing this, the less and less that's gotten to be an issue, partly because they've been working with the traditional side of the curriculum, helping make sure that by the students get to seventh, eighth, and then right. ninth grade, they're ready for this program. Right, exactly. Um, in one of the districts, uh, when they were first starting out, and this is kind of a recommendation, this is one of the recommendations that they made, um, you know, they started out with this kind of pilot group of students. And the students had to apply and they had to demonstrate, hey, we're going to, you know, we, I want to do this. I'm going to apply. Right. Here's what I'd like to, you know, here's what I want to do. Da, da, da. Um, and it, they said it grew and grew and, and ultimately it, it wasn't worth having an application process. Right. And it was like, this is stupid. We have, you know, 85% of the student body is applying. Yeah, it's time to quit the application <laughs> thing. It's time yeah. to just do it, you yeah, know. Exactly. So it, I'm very interested to see uh, what the folks that are going off to the, the to this other school in the state to see what they're doing it'll be interesting to see when they come back what they come back with and and, right. and if if the uh, district gets the grant that um, or the the school of innovation I guess it's a grant 
um, if they get it and are able to start this up, it'll be interesting to see how they implement that scenario. Right, exactly. So, but I think another one of the benefits of this is, is the fact that because whenever you've got, whenever you actually express to the students, okay, here's the end goal. Here's where you're trying to get. You want to be a this or a that. You know, this is this is where you're shooting for whenever you leave here, and it's coming up quick. Um, I think that additional level of, of control um, given to the student is empowering because it's yes because whenever there's nothing like doing something when it's forced on you to it's like oh no and then all of a sudden when it's like okay now you've got here's where you've got to be right in X number of years and it's coming up quick here's the various possible paths that you can take to get there pick one right. At that point, it's like, okay, well, I gotta do this thing in order to get there. So, right. you know, yes. there's less of the, oh man, the man is making me do this, right. or whatever. Yes, yes. Well, that, that was one of the things that uh, one of the one of the two districts talked about was their graduation rate, and they said that their the graduation graduation rate, or how about graduation, uh, really had it really had taken a leap forward. Within just a couple of years of implementing it, right. you know, they they went from that kind of middle of the road, mm. you know, not not that it was low, but still, right. you know, it wasn't a great percentage. To now, I think they said they're at a ninety-seven percent graduation I rate. I mean, it's yeah. phenomenal, and, and that's what he said. He said putting the students in control of their own education is empowering. It right. gives them the control. It gives them the power. It gives them buy-in, especially. Right. Yeah, know. exactly. We well, you know so. Turning this all back into the ed tech scene. Yeah. First of all, you know, this generation, the last two generations of kids, they like personalized stuff. Mm-hmm. But you think about it. Everything that they do now is personalized. I want my music this way. I want this this way. So yeah. they like choice. Well, this, you know, flexible learning gives them the ultimate choice if we're smart enough to get out of the way and make sure that it's it's broad enough to allow them right. to personalize right. their education. Yeah. So the neat question would be, so, you know, it's funny. Back when you were doing homeschooling, I mean, technology was nowhere where it is now. No, gosh. But think how that your your mom's approach oh, to schooling would be different right now for you. Oh, goodness, yes. Yeah. The, the internet bias said just, just add the internet. You know, not bring in iPads or, you know, MOOCs or any of this fancy other stuff that we talk about on a weekly basis. Just the internet, mm-hmm. full stop, would have been completely, it would have completely revolutionized everything we did. Yeah. You know, no more weekly trips to the library. It's like all right there instantly. Yeah. That's that's amazing. I think that's the big deal to me now is that I think flexible learning, It's the idea has always been around. And it's been used in certain situations to work out well. You know, in a homeschooling situation, very small class size. You know, So it, it can work much easier in a homeschooling situation than maybe it could have, say, in a group of 20 or 38 kids or sure. whatever it was. Right. Um, but see, now it's different. Because now with the technology that we have at our fingertips, mm-hmm. the ability to personalize it. Because and the teacher and the textbooks in the room are no longer the only source of knowledge. Where That's it's like, right. If I don't know it, I gotta ask the teacher, and then all of a sudden the teacher is like tied up with that one student. Right. Whereas now, as long as the students have become acclimated to learning of, of actually right. teaching themselves yeah that's and that I think that's also something that this brings to the table is the fact that once they have been kind of shown okay this is where you're going it's up to you to pick where you go that also encourages this whole self-directed learning where it's like okay I'm gonna go out and find the information rather than okay I'm working through the textbook right. chapter one right. chapter two etc right. et well you know it's what's interesting about this is is when you look at the original college formatted universities Um, You know, most graduate students taught the classes for the professors. And the professors were back taking the textbooks and taking their own writings to validate what they were teaching the students to keep it as as current as possible, as, as, you know, realistic to this is what you're going to deal with in the world of blah, blah, blah. Right. So what we're actually doing is we are freeing up the teacher once again because now the teacher has the ability, we were talking about this earlier, the teacher has the ability to go, great, um, I've got 38 kids and I'm in charge of. They all seem to be doing good. You know, I have this handful that I have to meet with on like a weekly basis just to help them stay on track. But the rest are pretty self-directed and going, great. I can now sit back, take a look at what they're doing, and turn out podcasts or video podcasts or documents to help them know that immediately I've made all these shares for them. And we actually get this ability like we used to have where, you know, now we're keeping it all current so that I can say, great, I can make sure they're following the blog or they're following the Google Classroom and I'm keeping them posted up on, hey, you're working on algebra this week. 
here's a few helpful reference sites. Sure. Right. You're working on your history. Here's this stuff. Hey, I made a quick podcast and I did some lecture notes for you. If you need them on these terms and these blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I mean, right. we're actually opening up the ability for our teachers to not be bored right. in class again. Right. To go, hey, I'm actually providing content that right. is you know easily accessible sure. by the students. And, right. and, and there's where the tech starts to come into play now. Is that, you know, the sharing of the students today. So... We were talking about it, you know, Greg's self-motivated. So Greg's teacher would just be like, oh, Greg can handle the cell phone. Greg emails me. He tells me what's going on. I, I literally haven't seen Greg face-to-face in three weeks. Right. But, you know, Jeff, i got to stay on top of Jeff. So I, I meet with him on Tuesday mornings for 15 minutes and Friday mornings for 15 minutes just to make sure that he's got his stuff going on. And, you know, Greg's going to get it all done. He finished English in three weeks. He finished science in three weeks, and his big deal is math and coding, and that's what he spends most of his semester on. His other stuff's working out great. You know, Jeff, I have to give him a little more. Listen, you need to have these lessons turned in by this time. Mm-hmm. Don't care when you do them. Right. Don't care how you get about to it, but I need to, you know, it, that gives us the ability to actually personalize learning and help a student achieve. Because mm-hmm. some of us need that rubber band that changes wrists every day to remind us of that thing that we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> right. So that, you know, it's, it's a really big deal. But now with technology, I mean... We're at that beautiful point where we can really keep up with somebody. Right, exactly. Yeah. There, there, that brings a whole new um, insight into one-to-one. Mm. Sure, absolutely. You know, it really gets to the true meaning of one-to-one. David's one-to-one is an iPhone. Greg's one-to-one is a, a MacBook. Jeff's one-to-one is an iPad or a Chromebook or a, 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 a what is that? The Surface tablet. Right. Did you like that? What is that thing called? No. The Microsoft Surface Tablet. But, you know, I mean, it's true. There's actually a great commercial on television now, and it's uh, the two top ladies and Bugs, and they're talking about oh, yeah. students. Have you seen the one? It's, yeah. it's a Surface Tablet deal. Um, it's a little funny. I mean, they said, well, you know, it, it's funny because you can pull up my video of the, the Katie did. Well, you know, she's running a full-blown Surface Tablet, but it's like you could tell that, she, and the other lady says, well, I can't draw my screen on my MacBook Air. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. But you know, some of the stuff you see on the commercial, you go, yeah, you couldn't have created that with a Surface tablet. But that's okay. But they kind of let you know that, hey, there's a place for both of these things. Here. And I agree with that. But you know, now that one-to-one aspect in flexible learning comes in really quite interesting. And we were talking that um, one of the schools that your bosses are visiting, mm-hmm. they use Chromebooks. Yeah. And, and in this point, you know, a Chromebook does make a lot of sense for you know, this kind of thing, especially where you're moving. But, but then again, so does an iPad or a Surface tablet or a Right, MacBook. or whatever. Yeah. Depending on what the level of the child is. Or the student wants, you know. Well, and... and I mean, if a, kid is into, if a kid is into engineering and shop class, you know, they might not need, you know, some big blowout. They need stuff to just get their stuff done and do research on. I need to see a video on using a table saw to create a half-inch quarter wedge, you know, cut on a blah, 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 blah. Great. Right. I can do that on anything. Mm-hmm. So it comes, in, it comes into that. So, I mean... I just think it's really interesting that I think the flexible I, I, the flexible learning idea is something that a lot of schools need to look into. Yeah. The interesting part is is that even though it sounds great, I believe that the planning, which most people hate to hear, yes. on the back end is even greater than most schools can even think about what they're doing now with one to one implementation. Oh yeah, absolutely. The planning is about ten times deeper than they could ever even because. Now you're talking about multiple paths. At this point, a one-to-one development rollout is everybody's going down this path. Right, right. exactly. Well, yeah. and here's the thing. On top of that, not only is it everybody's going down this one path, but in most one-to-one implementations, you get the one-to-one device that you get. Mm. Right. You know, in a flexible learning environment, it's one-to-one, or at least you would hope. One, it, it, and, and then, then again, maybe it doesn't have to be one-to-one. It doesn't necessarily have to be one-to-one as long as they have access to the computer. Not everybody has to, or I say computer, to the whatever device they need. Right. It doesn't necessarily mean that every single student has to have one every single minute of every single day. Right, exactly. No, if you, know, you, if you have enough to cover what the students need. Yeah. But let's say for the sake of argument, you are doing one-to-one. To me, anyway, it, it means that one-to-one is simply that you have enough devices to cover the number of students you have. It does not necessarily mean that a student is assigned a particular device for a semester, a year, or whatever, right? right? Uh, For this particular, what I'm working on now, maybe an iPad works great, but I'm working on this other project, and so my one-to-one this week 
or today or this hour is not the iPad. I need a MacBook or I need whatever, a laptop or I need a tablet or you know what I mean? I think the one-to-one is very fluid or should be very fluid to help the students achieve their goals, not necessarily what the tech guy thinks one-to-one should be in the district. (laughs) Right, right. And I I think that's a big deal. I mean, I, I agree with you. You know, I've been, there's a lot more schools now back on the bandwagon of encouraging students to bring their own technology. Mm-hmm. And, and I really agree with that. And I agree with it more now when I think about it is because um, a household will provide for their student what they can afford. And, and that's good um, because that's realistic to a student. That keeps a student centered. Um, but the other thing it does is a student's personal device is a personal device that they know inside and out mm-hmm. and that they have hacked to use a, 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 right, a dirty word to be their personal device it's got their pictures on it and their background and their fonts and they know exactly what it can do and they are better at getting into a situation with their device and going okay I need to do that let me figure out how to do that on this device and not well next period I'll have a Chromebook and the next period I have an iPad and so, right, right yeah they're gonna be more adept at using that device and, and be more adept at going home and using that device mm-hmm. outside of school to go, yeah, I'm gonna, I can write this paper on this phone. That's not a problem. I've got no Well, by the same, but the, uh, my, it's not really an argument against that necessarily, but having your own device is great as long as that device can meet the meet needs. The standard, right? and, I, and I understand, I you know, I and I understand, you know, oh, yeah. uh, some students may say, sure. yeah, I can, I can whip out this paper on my phone. But if that's all they have is a phone, and actually they go, I can't whip this out of my phone. Well, I'm going to have to have another then device. I, then the district, you know, then the school has to step up. Right, right? exactly. I agree with that you completely. Know, right. I think that is a better stewardship of our money right. and stewardship yes. to the taxpayers and to the students involved. I think yes. that's, that's yeah. a better thing to go, we want to do the best thing for you. And, yeah. and as I look back on it, yes, K through 6, you know, K through 4, we provide you with a device to prep you. You know, I don't, that's... Now, as as it gets older and older, if I if I had a dime for every time I saw a third grader with their own, you know, yeah. cell phone, <laughs> and, and we're at that point. But it, it also brings us to when we talk about planning and we talk about flexible learning. Flexible learning also means flexible understanding. It also means flexible ethics. It also yeah. means flexible. You, you sort of mm-hmm. getting at. Yeah. I yeah. mean, one of the big things that happened this week in, in our realm in the, the little state of Arkansas was, oh my gosh, emoticons are violent. Oh gosh. Right. And, and I'm, I'm bringing that up because one of our fellow tech coordinators said, well, I'll just write out gun. How's that? I mean, you know, some of this it all comes back to, and in our own district, you know, we have kids that request certain websites to be open. Right. right. <laughs> but you know what? The sad part about it is, is they, they write some stuff in there sometimes <laughs> that you, you think they have no comprehension of what they're, who they're writing to. Right. And see, I think that's the part that I, it brings us back to the talk we have all the time about they're not digital natives. No, right. Yeah. You know, a, a, right. first, a first grader, when the first time you give them something and in two weeks they're coding, that's a digital native. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. What's he writing? What's he spelling out with his letter blocks over there? Holy crap! It's HTML five. Then <laughs> <laughs> you got something there. You know? Right. But overall, just because they can use it, you know, like games or whatever. The four-year-old that right. shot his mother in the back shot her with a gun. Is he a marksman? No. Right. He used the gun, but right. he's not a you know professional marksman by any means. He's four years old. And he picked a gun up and he pulled the trigger. And I think that that's the part we also have to address is that we're not doing enough training on why we use the device and right. why are we using the internet and how we're using it. That's right. where I believe that homeschooled children get a better experience than anyone can ever imagine. And, I, and I'll say it because it is their parents and you won't find a homeschooling environment that's not teaching ethics and correct usage of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. That's all it is. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the net. It has nothing to do with modern technology. It's ethics and knowledge mm-hmm. and, and that's that's a big basis and somewhere in education we lost that oh yeah well and, and we have the ability in public education to now yeah. step back up and go great it's time to teach ethics and knowledge mm-hmm. and we have this perfect medium of now let me show you exactly in real time why you want to do right, this. Exactly. well and I, I think back to when I was in grade school and, and middle school and what have you you know those are the kinds of things that 
primarily, A, we learned those types of, or I, learned those kinds of things um, at the library, at the school library, yeah. right? Now, what do they call medium center, media center, medium, right. not medium center, media <laughs> not, center. Not large, not small, <laughs> just the medium that's centers. Right. Um, media centers or whatever, but, you know, that's the kind of things that, that's what we would learn going to the library or doing research for the teacher. They would, in addition to the actual research, we would get instruction and guidance on researching. Why is this comic strip not a viable <laughs> resource right. for your paper? Why is this source better than this other source? Right. You know, why in those days, uh, you know, why is using this encyclopedia or using this newspaper better than this fictional book or even this nonfiction book about right. that same topic? Why is it that, you know, one source is better than another source? And I think somewhere along the lines that has, if not completely disappeared, then has been severely diminished to the point where we aren't, we no longer teach students or, or I don't, it's not being as taught as, as uh, proficiently. Um, we're not teaching students how to research how to look up information, how to vet those sources. And I think part of the problem is, getting back to the digital natives idea, you know, we have students, like you said, you know, you see, heck, at this point, you see 18-month-olds, you know, 18-month-olds who <laughs> yeah. are, you know, holding an iPad in their hand or an iPhone and they're playing with it and, and doing this. Are they researching and stuff? No. Okay, but they are coming in earlier and earlier, younger and younger, Knowing how to, they, they know how to Google. Technically adept. Yes, and, and, yes. You know, not, and they, not masters by any means. No, exactly. And that's, and, and they know, they know, and that's why I said, you know, they know how to use Google, not necessarily how to use it appropriately. Right, exactly. But the other side of that is they're not necessarily being taught how to interpret the results. Right. You know, that's one of those things that you, you do a search in your in any particular search engine, and you know we as tech people especially know you know, uh, you ignore the first you know half a dozen entries because they're all ads There's, or bad yeah, sites sponsored, or you know sponsored they, yeah exactly or, sponsored yeah. and we know the other thing that we have learned as we have searched and and used various search engines and have explored the the internet you, we learn. Even just by looking at the results and, and checking just the URLs that are, are exactly. listed in the little you know in the, in the little snippets, right. say, that's a bad URL. That's not a you know right. that's not a good site. That's not a good site. Oh, this one is uh, MSDN. Okay, yeah, that's going to be a good one right. if I'm researching something on Windows. Okay, right. yeah, then that's a good place to go. Right. And those are the kinds of things that that students really need to understand right. is not just how to search. You you know you can't search for. What's the longest as a, possible as a bridge, you know, bubble? Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. You know, what are the keywords you need to look for? We see that all the time. Our firewall, you know, it, it, report, or it reports that. <laughs> yes, and so all the know. time we're getting these reports with, like, searches that were clearly copied and pasted from like, yes. the teachers. Okay, yes. teacher said, okay, find me something on da 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 yes. And then you would see that exact yes. link exactly. popping up yeah. in Google yes. searches all over the place. Exactly. Yeah, I think we're, we're missing that opportunity. Um, uh, hey, you listen to radio.edutechguys.com. I'm going to give the guys a break here. We've been talking some time here. We'll take a little break and uh, visit us on Twitter at EduTechGuys. Uh, but visit, visit us on the web at www.edutechguys.com. We're going to take a quick break with some music here from Trey Johnson, uh, Nick C., and one of our good friends and a commercial for his, uh, his law firm here awesome. on EduTechGuys Radio. Sing along. You know you want to. I 
can't sit still Got a flaming heart I can't get my feel I said ah, 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 Blake Montgomery is a new young lawyer in Hope. He's located in the Bancorp South Building at 200 South Elm in downtown Hope. Blake is a Hope native and a graduate of the University of Arkansas. He is a general practice attorney providing solutions for legal needs. Blake offers assistance with contracts, real estate transactions, and other commercial issues. He can assist individuals with a will and or estate planning. Blake is proud to serve the citizens of Southwest Arkansas. Phone Blake at 777-6700. That's 777-6700. Blake Montgomery, attorney at law in the Bancorp South Building in downtown Hope.
damage done But no, you're not the only Tech Guys Radio comes to you live from the Southwest Arkansas Educational Co-op in Hope, Arkansas. I'm Jeff Madlock here with David Henderson and the Greg Moore. The. <laughs> uh, you were listening to uh, Nick C, Built for Love, one of our favorite artists. We play his songs pretty much every time we're on the radio. Um, that was Blake Montgomery Law Firm, good friend of all of ours, uh, and we played his commercial for him. If you need some law work <laughs> he'll come to your house and he'll sue your roof i don't know that's uh, your whole part that train just right Word. off the rails that's what we do that's hey true. let's jump ahead uh been a fun day we were talking about south by southwest edu you check them out at sxswedu.com that's a long website isn't it just look up South by Southwest. <laughs> <laughs> Just Google it. Just Google. And uh, speaking of Google. Yeah, we were talking about flexible cool. learning. We were talking about Google. Um, the Google app feature of the week is researching. I'm kidding. No. <laughs> That's an inside joke. No. Uh, this one is, uh, there's some, first of all, uh, the update of Chrome added all your extensions now that are running in the top bar. That was a big problem. You know, you would. It only showed like six to eight. Well, it, it only showed whatever extensions were configured to actually show right. an icon in the in the in the uh, what do they call that part portion of the bar? Uh, the a name ex- for the it. extension icon portion of the bar. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway, in the address bar. So there were there were there were extensions that could hide, and usually what would happen not not all not all extensions, but there were malicious extensions or. What do they call them? Potentially unwanted programs? Pups. Yes, exactly. Which would hide and they would never put any indication that they were running. And they would do things like change your home page and change yeah. your new tab page. And change Back in the and old days of DOS, we called those TSRs. You need to watch your language. This is family show. Mr. DOS. Mr. DOS. Um, that was one. Uh, that's one new Google feature. Cool. The other one is uh, a lot of great templates just came out from Google for Docs and Slides and for uh, Numbers. Is it Google Numbers? No, sheet. Sheet. Yeah. Oh, I get oh. those. Oh, sheet. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, forget the DOS thing. <laughs> wow. That was the Greg Moore, man. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't resist. Wow. Right but I gotta tell you, you beat me to it. That was good. <laughs> I got you back for that one earlier. That was good. <laughs> um, yeah, but there's some new uh, doc templates that came out, and uh, they're pretty hot to trot. They, uh, everybody from Reading Rainbow, doc template. Doc template. <laughs> oh. You, he Mr. Goes Silly. And, he goes and pulls a picture. Now you're going to have to post it to Twitter so that everybody knows what we were laughing at. I am. That's true. Yeah, if you, if it, you was, it was a picture of Doc Brown from yes. Back to the Future. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> After we've derailed Jeff three, four, five, six, seven times. That's okay, I needed a second. So yeah, uh, six new templates. And uh, there's a bunch of them. Uh, QuickBooks. <laughs> six of them. That's a bunch. For Google. Both of you can just... It's been a day. They've been picking on me all day. I almost said something. You took a go sorry, to the bathroom. Man. You can go to the bathroom. So, sorry, man. Yeah, but you walked right into that one. Shut up. There's six temples. There's a bunch of I hate. I hate this show. More than anything. Anyway, Mr. Train off the rails here. Google Docs has six new templates. Uh, QuickBooks did some. Reading Rainbow has done some. Everything from uh, science fair projects to some QuickBooks <laughs> stuff. 
to a rain, reading rainbow did one on book reports it's a template for book reports and they did one for lesson plans uh, check them out you can just go into your docs or slides and go to new templates and you'll see them right there in the in the, the choices so awesome. there's your there's your nice document templates <laughs> lots of them well boys and girls what we have learned today is that six constitutes a bunch that's what we've learned you have a bunch of bananas. How many do you have? Six, <laughs> Six. evidently. Right. Just saying. How many are usually in a bunch? You two can go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, they, uh, uh, we're going to get out of here for this week. Yeah, yeah, and I'm going to beat these two to death with their own shoes. <laughs> Take a fork in us, man. I'm Jeff Madlock. I'm David Henderson. And I'm Greg Moore. You're listening to the radio.edutechguys.com. You've been listening to EduTech Guys Radio, radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on this site and this program are those of the participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out My Flex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com forward slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com forward slash BE. Do you want to save time on prep work? Increase achievement for all student populations? Reliably meet tier one standards? You, you can, can do, do it, it all, all. But, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.